welcome to the Game of Crowdfunding Interview Edition, recorded Friday, February 19th, 2016. That's right. This is a Friday edition. It's a special edition all the way around, and we'll find out why in a minute. But before we do that, of course, we've got to give some love to our Patreon supporters. Thank you to such people as Michael Mendez. Thank you very much, Michael, for supporting All Us Geeks on Patreon and allowing us to continue to do the Game of Crowdfunding interviews as well as our main episodes. All right. Yes, we are recording on a Friday, uh, which is unusual for me. If you've listened for a while, you know I usually do Wednesday recordings. Beyond that, somebody else uh, that you may be familiar with from the All Us Geeks uh, side of things is here. Who else is Who else is here with me? Who? Yeah? No? Nothing? Oh, is it me? No. Do I talk? No. Never. Oh, okay. No. It's the Canadian. It's the Canadian. Oh, I'm so excited. I know. I can tell. I know. No. You guys have good radio voices. <laughs> Damn. Who, what the hell? Who was that? <laughs> Is there a third person here? <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, we got to actually interview somebody for the game of crowdfunding. That's right. So who is joining us in the Geek Compound tonight? Not Skype, not Google Hangout, but... Physically in the Geek Compound, who's joining us this evening? Hey, I'm Seppi with Fight in a Box. There you go. Seppi is with us. And, of course, uh, Seppi is here because he has a Kickstarter that is actually on Kickstarter right now called End of the Line. And, of course, we are going to get to that very soon. But before that, Seppi, I have three very hard-hitting questions that I always start an interview out with. Oh, my God. Am I supposed to tell the truth? You're supposed to tell the truth. Um, Hopefully, you're all cried out. Oh, no. And and hopefully you've studied the packet I sent you ahead of time. It's true. I ate a lot of salt, and I haven't drank <laughs> water in four days. So it'll be blood, not tears. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, our favorites. <laughs> you mean it's not supposed to be blood? Oh, love it. We're not talking about urine, are we? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to go down to how hard, you're hitting yourself with the kidneys, I guess. But. Okay, so here they are. Ready? The game of crowdfunding is part of All Us Geeks. Mm-hmm. So we have to ask you, what makes you a geek? Oh, my God. Anime probably is the first. The amount of uh, time I spend in a week reading Japanese subtitles or yeah, <laughs> English subtitles on Japanese cartoons, is just it's just sick. <laughs> and then one of the follow-up questions that we usually like to ask is, at All Us Geeks, we always tell people, you can have... Uh, you can really geek out about anything. So you can have a geek-level passion for anything. So do you have a geek-level passion for something that the typical person might not consider geek-related? Do office supplies count? <laughs> oh, my God. I get so excited when I go to Office Max. It's a little it's a little sort of adult entertainment-y. It's, I'm not necessarily comfortable talking about it. Can we yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's geek-level passion and there's fetish. <laughs> <laughs> the two can be combined. Oh, God. Uh, uh, all right, fair enough. Have you ever seen somebody play D&D with a mechanical pencil? I know you have. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Do. Okay, and then our last warm-up question is, and for you, I think uh, the, the answer might might surprise some people. What's that? But usually I say, I say you can be as general or specific as you want, but besides making games, unless that is your full-time job, uh, what do you do for a living? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, this is it. This is it for you, yeah. Yeah, well, I put all my eggs in one basket, jumped up and down on it. Um, I actually, I like to say, this is sort of the LinkedIn or corporate uh, corporate equivalent of saying, hey, I'm going to be a game designer, is like screaming, witness me, and covering my teeth in Chrome for my career. 
That's pretty much. That's pretty much what I did. Nice. Exactly how many people did disconnect from you on LinkedIn when you made that choice? Oh my god, I, I changed my title. I used to be executive in marketing for a software company or and some other places, and then uh, I changed my title to just Nerd Supreme, and then yes. I continue <laughs> to LinkedIn posting about like nerd stuff and games that i've worked on i mean my next game we're going to talk about end of the line but my next game is called conquest princess pew 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 <laughs> but talking about how fashion is going to to overcome galactic tyranny on linkedin is a passion of mine i guess i have a geek level passion of insulting all these people i used to make millions of, linkedin yeah like i used to make millions of dollars for people and i'm like oh god and that's when i was a grown-up and that 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 left a big hole in my soul Considering my soul was already sort of shrunken and dark and chewed on, <laughs> I knew I had an affinity for this <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, that's that's why that's why Jordan stuck around. He, he found a kindred oh, spirit. Oh my god, and I love Canadians. Canadians are my faves. <laughs> All right, now you're just going too far. No, nope, no, nope, nope, they are the best. There's uh, empirical evidence. That's true. It's true. Okay, so you know, you just talked about how you used to be like in marketing and you know very corporate and all that kind yep. of stuff. Usually, actually, before we even get to get there, how about where in your life did you decide I want to make games, even as a hobby? Ten. Could you expand <laughs> yeah, on like, that? <laughs> let, let, let me ask. Let me let me see. Have you ever been on a podcast? <laughs> have, have you ever been on an audio it media? Is talk based. <laughs> <laughs> preferably yeah. coherent yeah you you ask a very simple I, I was in the military too so you want i give you no a that's, that's, that's perfectly fine i give so, you but, but answer 10 yeah 10 years as old. jordan alluded to what made you decide you know that uh, i want to again even at a hobby level because at 10 i'm assuming it's at the hobby level right um unless you know it wasn't no i no. guess i guess you could be one of those 10 year olds that we the rest of us picked on um <laughs> How's your game going, huh? <laughs> oh my god, that's happening right now, Jordan. <laughs> You're like, that's my life. But what made you decide, you know, I, I can, you know, you, you, going from just playing games to like, oh, I can make a game. Oh, okay, so I never had a chance. Okay, number one, I want to make that very clear. The first hardcover book I ever read was the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Player's Handbook. Okay? Carry on. Yeah, I mean, I was six. <laughs> And where other people are showing, telling other things like Cabbage Patch Kids and other things that will date the shit out of me. <laughs> I was talking about, hey, did you know in the back of the Advanced Players, uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Players Handbook, there's all these uh, powers called uh, psionics. <laughs> and then, like, my dad, who has a very thick Korean accent, is trying to teach me how to say the word emulate, uh, emulate. And Immolate is a hard one for a Korean accent because L's and R's are the same. And so that was sort of an experience. <laughs> I don't know where I am. Hello. <laughs> so at 10, it was show and tell D&D. Yeah, no, and that, that, that got was, you into gaming. That was six. Uh, at, at six, ten, yes. it, it, By 10, I was like, oh, my gosh. My brothers would let me. I'm the youngest uh, by a lot, I guess like five or seven years is not, not a lot, but it's 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 a big gap for that age. And then uh, they were forced to play Dungeons and Dragons with me because they would play, and they're like, "It's a game. You let your brother play, you know." And no, <laughs> no, thirteen-year-old kid wants to have their six-year-old brother in tow for this game. 
So I loved. Uh, yeah, how how can you how can you pretend to touch boobies with your? <laughs> that, oh my god, that's a different story. We're not talking about that. So um, I loved the Shaw Brothers martial arts movies too. So I wanted to play a monk, and my brother would let me play a monk of course but then he would he would do subtle things in dungeons to make sure that i would suffer horrible fates <laughs> so he's like so he was a dungeon master yeah it's true he's like oh you like playing monks eh okay then everything is a, gel- a gelatinous cube or a green slime so i'm punching <laughs> all these things and then of course i take damage from it and then i would die but if if they killed me i would run and or I'd run into traps or whatever i go run to my parents and say hey they killed me <laughs> And my my parents would say, no, you cannot kill him. (laughs) And so, and then my brother started this negotiation back and forth. My parents said, well, it's a game. What can I do to him? Can I dismember him? (laughs) And so, yes, apparently was the answer. And so I would lose an arm and then I lost another arm. And then I would eventually lose a leg until I would have to quit the character and start a new one or to quit the game. That was his ultimate goal because he had vision. So. How is your one-legged fighting stance, Monk? <laughs> That's right. That's amazing. So, it's amazing. You gotta, so far, I'm not hearing why you would ever be making games. Oh, <laughs> so far, so after years of therapy, so I want to inflict this on other I know, people. It, it's almost, have, you, have you played my games, Jordan? Yes, you have. Now yeah. you're seeing. It's, it's almost like, like immersion therapy or something like that, right? It's like... This is your worst nightmare. You must continue down this path. <laughs> well, sort of. I mean, I, I thought I could do a better job of creating sort of a story. And I then, could create a game where I don't die. Right. That's all I wanted. Or, Fast forward to today. <laughs> I think I think in high school and like middle school it was, you know, the, the dungeon master has all the power. And then I think that sort of, you know, got mixed in with the like hormonal and chemical compound that's going through my brain. And then later on, I got over all that stuff, hopefully still in process, <laughs> knock on wood. But the, the love of the like writing games just sort of stuck with me. A uh, marketing is a huge game. It was mm-hmm. the gaming games machine and marketing was what was the part that I was good at. The corporate politics was really, really bad at. I'm not good at <laughs> self editing as you can see, Jordan. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's okay. That's what Jeff does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so. what, that's why it takes us so long to get episodes out. <laughs> <laughs> so I I've been writing games my whole life. I mean, I you know, horrible experiences where your your brothers would dismember you never sort of put me off on the whole making <laughs> games situations. Uh, so so what? Go ahead. Okay. I know you're not used to being in the I room. I know, I'm not used to somebody else being here. So what was the decision point for you to go semi pro? What was the first game that you did? That uh, what was that that point? You said, I've got this idea. I'm still doing this marketing stuff, but I've got this idea, and I want to go with it. Huh? That's probably that's probably. I'd have to say eight years ago, nine years ago. Um, I was still writing games. My husband's 40th birthday. He was raised a uh, witness, and then so he never had a birthday party. So I made a game. <laughs> where it was catch up for all those birthdays. So I'd set up the whole house in, in different rooms and stations as his different birthday parties. And then um, I had each team represent one of those stations. And I created an entire game where they were collecting, interacting with each other. And at the end, they had to tell a story with these things that they had collected by trying to either make the best birthday and the worst birthday. Because my argument was, you never remember the ones that, you know, who remembers 27? 
Okay, no one remembers 27, you know, but people remember 30. Because I was drunk, okay, fine. (laughs) I was in my 20s. I don't remember that decade. (laughs) That's right. You know, so we had, uh, so people were trying to create this situation where they could tell or make up the best or worst story for this birthday party that he didn't have. And so, you know, that sort of stuck with me. I I really liked that was a, uh, that was a good bit of, of stuff. And then, like anything, I was like uh, looking at games and I'm like, you know, I probably could do that, maybe. <laughs> and then I started it and I'm like, gosh, this is really hard. Like, I've got to listen to what these people have to say. Ugh. And then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, now five years later, after having the idea, you know, strip tested and broken apart and re glued back together. And, and yeah, but now, now we're, we're there. What was the decision point for you to kind of go, I'm going to go both feet into gaming and I'm going to be part of the gaming industry and, and leave the other side? To, I mean, you know, getting into gaming and deciding that you're getting out of the, the marketing side of things and putting everything into this being your career. I was I'm super excited about the, the games I was writing and I knew I could never get them published by split timing it. Focus, focus, focus. It's just sort of I'm that animal I was all in. And um, I let my husband take three years off. So I was like, hey, it's my turn. <laughs> Get to work. I'm like, I'm going to. So he's like, you're going to go start a company that does makes no money. Yep. Yep. Is that ever going to make money? <laughs> nope. Nope. I'm going to do this because I love games. It's like, okay, then. <laughs> so what was the the first game? that you did under this new venture to kind of kickstart your business. Okay. So we had this grand plan. Okay. I had, uh, end the line and I was trying to get it published like five years ago. It is an earlier version. It was a little rough. I didn't have any, uh, the great design in place or any of that kind of stuff, but my friends liked it. And then they were like, Hey, so we should really publish your games, but I'm like, nobody's going to kickstart a game from a company. They never heard of it. That's never published anything before. And I'm like, okay, well, what can we do? I'm like, well, we can make a card game. And so we started on a card game. In the middle of the card game, my business partner, Bob, um, was complaining about the squirrels in his yard. And he was complaining about a lot. I don't know if you've, you've interacted with Bob, but we have this phrase, oh, uh, then I found $10. Because that's how his stories just usually so summarily end up. He like goes on for 20 minutes. There's really no point. And then suddenly, oh, I found $10. So... Bob was doing this to us for gotta hang out with him a little bit more often. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bob was doing this for weeks about these squirrels who had uh, gotten into these two hundred dollars worth of tulips he had planted in his flower bed, and I think the thing that really chapped his ass was the fact that only not that only seven of them came up, but three of them came up in his lawn. So it was like the squirrels <laughs> were trolling him, so he'd have to mow over <laughs> their victory, you know, every time he mowed, and so I was like. Oh God, I can't hear the story again. This story's got to end. So I'm like, I'm writing this game and I originally called it, uh, squirrels and tulips. Uh, but, uh, my vegan friends, oh, Steffi, that's way too gay. <laughs> it's just, that's, that is the gayest thing I've ever heard. I'm like, okay, I'll call it squirrel or die. They're like, yeah, let's do squirrel or die. So we may end up making squirrel or die while we're working on this other card game. And the reason that we made this card game was so that we could, publish something then eventually publish end of the line as a kickstarter that was sort of the plan i think we've just discovered a demo that we really haven't looked at before What's the that? vegan gamer 
The vegan. I have three vegan playtesters. Holy shit, buckets! I do. I was. I was shocked. <laughs> they got mad when I put out the meeples, and they're you know I'm a vegetarian. They're like, why does the meat look like pork chops? <laughs> Can't it's, you give me tofu? They're like, I'm gonna. No, this is a quote. I'm gonna pretend it's little ping pong paddles. I'm like, you do whatever you gotta do. Just play the game. <laughs> but they're, they're awesome uh, yeah the sully i sully uh, helped out uh account of the north i can't thank him enough he's amazing luke and then eli so i have three vegan play testers who come on a you know semi-regular basis to our, our, our play test sessions so <laughs> it's a major it's a major thing for my group they're all heterosexuals too and that's really weird for me i'm like well you know <laughs> you, you got a problem with heterosexuals? Heterosexual vegans? It's a little weird. <laughs> it's a little oh, weird. the combination. Okay. okay. Well, they don't eat meat. No. <laughs> no. Of course not. They, no. The lot. Of, there's lots of vegans. No. Yeah. No, Jordan. No. <laughs> you're, um, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> turns out. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, so we we made uh, squirrel or die, and people were like, Steffi, this is uh, this is actually fun." I'm love. I love it when they give me a compliment and add the With word the actually. actually. Yeah, it's like, oh, now I must examine everything else you have ever said to me, because prior <laughs> to it did not have the word actually. How many of these compliments <laughs> have been false? <laughs> yes, this is actually fun. I thought this game that was squirrels or tulips was going to be completely unapproachable. So, squirrel or die? Did that go? That wasn't on Kickstarter. No, 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 no. Um, a friends of ours who uh, do the Muse on Mini podcast also do a, a store where they make game components. And they said they would not require any money from me up front to make the first batch of squirrel or dies. And I'm like, <laughs> I can afford that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm like, okay. And so um, we had them made it. And then I went to uh, War Machine Weekend with them. Um, and we sold some. And that paid for my to go to War Machine Weekend, which was great, and paid for the run itself. So that is sort of how that animal started for us. Um, and we had been, you know, working on the, like, hey, it's great that we have this. You know, people, now we have some published something. You know, it was selling. It sells regularly. It's good, you know. We sold, like, uh, somewhere between 250 and 300 copies the first year, which is great for an indie published game. I was very, very happy. Yeah, no, with- that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, if you see it, it's got sumptuous tiles. It's a little on the pricey end for what it is, but, I mean, it's like Girl Scout cookies. It's pricey and delicious. <laughs> but I guess what my question then on that is you kind of said you started with that to get a published game under your belt. Yep. But not necessarily to establish yourself on Kickstarter then. Because, you know, what a lot of people do is a small game first and just to kind of yeah, get... that was gonna be our plan. Okay. Our small game was supposed to be Undermined, was it, which is our game of being a supervillain trying to end the world first. It's a print and play. How did we not Why get that was this game? Not here? What the hell? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, uh, you guys should play it with me. Uh, it's super fun. I love this game. I think I might have to do some aggressive edits to it to make it more approachable or at least scalable. Because like where it is now, do you guys play War Machine? I did, yes. Okay, you understand. War Machine, you're signing yourself up for six months worth of beatings before you win your first game. Yes. And, I mean, that's <laughs> got a learning curve. And the War Machine people were fans of Undermine. But it when we brought it to our sort of bigger audience, they're like, oh, boy. And I was like, <laughs> all right, then. So we had our game day, like, uh, last year, our five game day. We, we presented, you know, do you, do you think – 
to our, our crowd of people. Do you think we should run a, a cheaper squirrel or die? Move forward with undermine for the Kickstarter because uh, it's you know, you know cheaper and you know uh, we'd have to ask, or, or just go with end of line. And like eighty percent or ninety percent of them said, uh, "Do uh, do end of the line, Seppi. That's the game we want." I was like, "Oh God, all right, that's a, that's <laughs> that's that's a year and a half's worth of work right there." Okay, let's switch gears. <laughs> so, <laughs> does that actually answer your question? As I ramble I, on, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> Well, no. it was, what's no. your favorite color? Oh, yeah. so red, no blue. <laughs> I am I the worst guest ever. You can tell me. I will leave. And, no, uh, that, uh, no, no, that, that was awesome. Again, it's, you were trying to get the game under your belt, but where I was trying to make the connection is how you thought that was going to associate over on Kickstarter. Oh, okay. So you have to have a, a board game geek page. You can only have a board game geek page if you actually have published published a game. That's so that's that, not true. That well, <laughs> through the, the they I'm, made I'm it calling seem, you out right here. Sophie. That's 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 what it was explained to me by Bob, the squirrel guy. Yeah, so that was I was like that was part of the the, the reasonings, and then um, also so people could uh, we go to convention and community build. You can't kickstart right, a right. game just by. Hey, and and I figured that was part of it. I mean, because right. when you were talking about taking them to conventions and selling them there, you were also at the same time kind of building at least some of a community around the the first game. And no, but we had the second because I mean, right. end of the line was we started bringing prototypes and running demos right away after okay. I was like, oh, and then people liked it, and then sort of built from there. So the answer to your question is Squirrel or Die let us go to the conventions, which allowed us to build enough of a community to make our Kickstarter hopefully successful. Gotcha. Do you want me to go back to 10? Because that no, was, that was a very don't. succinct no, answer. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, though? 10. <laughs> when did you want us to? Oh, 10? yes, 10. <laughs> formative years. So how long, you've mentioned, you said that'll be a year and a half's work. So how long has End of the Line been in dev? What play play through play testing have you done stuff like that it's been played oh boy it's way over a thousand times now i'd have to guess if i was going to sort of make a, a you know like oh how many times have we did this this and then how many times to play yeah yeah so it, it's been played a lot the first sort of really fun playable version that we tried to get published that was actually five years ago and then from there we've just sort of edited and refined edited and refined since um, this latest version, uh, yeah, this is the one. It's it's magical. What made you decide to not seek somebody else to publish it and do it yourself? We did it originally five years ago. Try, uh, yeah, you you were talking about. So what changed? I guess Kickstarter did. Okay, I mean, five years ago there wasn't as much. You know, there wasn't crowdfunding wasn't the thing. It wasn't in people's consciousness. I mean, it would probably have been better to do three years ago when people were still excited about Kickstarter and less over it, <laughs> you know, as people still are hanging on from projects that they kickstarted three years ago going, oh, God, I wish this would, would deliver. <laughs> I would. No, the, our, ours is done. So we just need to get it to a manufacturer. Okay. So th- the fact that Kickstarter kind of came along and it kind of, became its its own entity at that point especially in the game design space right made you guys decide 
you were going to go like the self-publisher, become a publisher, basically. Well, right. let, that's that's a question I usually like to ask too. Are you guys actually interested in being like a publisher, like publishing other people's games as well, or are you really you've got enough in-house designs and stuff that you're looking to kind of build your own internal brand? For us, uh, we want. I want to write games. I'm you know I'm chief game designer for us. That's real, my real passion. I like community building. I think that's that's fun meeting the the people who make gaming and the community gaming uh the the gaming community so 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 good i also feel like participating in conventions and meeting the people i'm i'm giving back a little bit to the community that sort of supported me emotionally and mentally since my brother dismembered me i mean <laughs> you know like well, See, in and, game and to, and to, to for be, our late listeners that that was in game yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, and at least two people in this room are are really fans of your brother now, because uh, <laughs> that's our style of gaming. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a thing. That's a thing. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, that that's I think that's the core of what what I'm I'm really passionate about. If somebody was like Seppi, you, we want to publish all your games. Uh, I'd be like talking to my partners, going, "Hey, what do you guys think about that?" But. No one's ever going to do that. So if people are ever going to do that. Oh, eventually Asmodee buys everybody. <laughs> well, uh, well, actually, what I was going to say is, cause, I mean, you wouldn't be. It, it's not unreasonable to say, like, you guys dis, uh, establish what your brand is and this style of game fits. And if you make a game outside of that, that you would take it to maybe to a different publisher. Because even, like, I know, uh, like, Jason Kotarski you know, he does Green Couch Games, but he has a very specific idea of what games come out through Green Couch Games. So he has other games that he's designed that aren't coming out through his own company. Oh. He's published them with other publishers because it fits their brand more. And right. he's not alone in that. There are a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of freelance publishers, or I mean, designers, but there are also small publishers that have established what their brand is that still make games outside of their own brand. Yeah, that's that's pretty sexy. I mean, our games have a theme of, last player standing kind of <laughs> i mean uh, squirrel die is seven minute at each other's throats you know one squirrel standing kind of last squirrel standing kind of situation and <laughs> analyze that way and undermine there's only one winner uh, yeah i those are the types of games that i i tend to write so that is sort of a thing for us i've run into uh, like um uh, like amazing game concepts and hooks i mean protospiel was awesome Jeff, I was I was super impressed by the, the things that went on there. Did I see any games there that I'd be like, hey, let me be your publisher for this? And uh there might have been one at uh Captain Con. The one that I did really like a protospiel, somebody actually did ask to pick it up, so that was really that was like, whoa, that just happened right here in front of me. <laughs> That, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, okay. So you, since you brought it up, and I was going to probably bring it up as, at some point anyway, and just this is my show too, so I can. It's I can Jordan's. Do, it's Jordan's can, world. We just live in it. Yeah, I, I can do things like there's this, more but, truth to that than you know. <laughs> Absolutely. But you were at Protospiel Minnesota. Loved it, and it was your first Protospiel. It right? was so. Um, for I can't say that about a lot of things anymore, Jeff. And so <laughs> I'm glad I could be your first. Yeah, <laughs> you'll both always remember yep, it. Always, it's, um, it's true. But you know, it was awkward yet sweet. 
<laughs> it's still awkward yet this week. Um, myself and JT Smith from the Game Crafter. I mean, we're Yay. we are huge advocates and proponents, and and we're always preaching about protospiels and how designers should go to protospiels. Yep. So since we got you, you know, in the room and you attended your first one, what would you tell designers that aren't sure if they should attend a protospiel? All right, number one. Your game design is only as good as uh, the rigor of your testing. Okay. I mean, we set up at Fighter Box, we do a two week cycle. Do you guys familiar with software development at all? <laughs> no. Okay. So um, <laughs> I spent a lot of time in software development. What's software? What's, what's, okay, what's so IT? One thing that uh, <laughs> yeah, project development style is called agile, where you have more of a notion of where you want to go rather than sort of a, 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 def, uh, a defined goal. And you do this and uh, take each individual section, meaningful section as a sprint. Okay. So that's how we design things here at, at Fighter He Box. does know we were sarcastic, right? No, absolutely. That's why I'm explaining it <laughs> to the you. Audience, to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go get my copy of Kanban. And <laughs> Let us make this happen. So we design it that way. And it's basically, we set up for an internal test. And then the next week we do uh, in front of... Uh, our playtest groups who are, you know, people we con with beers and burritos to come and play our games. I'm there. What, what the, the hell? hell? Oh, my God. You guys <laughs> never should, got that invite. You guys should totally come out if you guys will do the drive. <laughs> or if you guys get, you know, four to six people here, I will come and run a playtest here. Oh, I can never get four to six people in this place. <laughs> Well, if you took out the two games, two alt games, you know, you might have some room for a table. But, but. no, seriously, uh, this is a big thing. I mean, if anybody, if your listeners are interested, they can like us on on Facebook and and uh, sign up for any of our playtests. We do give you a chipotles. And where are you located for our listeners? We're in the Twin Cities, South Minneapolis, Minnesota. It, we have more listeners than just in Minnesota. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. We we have a we have right. one listener. We, we didn't of- want the dude in Cambodia <laughs> thinking he can just sign up and <laughs> show up. Yeah. That, that would be a very expensive playtest for him. We do not cover travel costs. So for us, it's this rigor of playtesting. You know, internally and then externally, internally, externally, so forth and whatnot. If you do not have a sort of uh, system for regular playtesting in place, and your designer and designer just starting out. Being able to interact with people who have that rigor and understand sort of what you need to do to get your your game to the next place, I think Protospiel is great for that. Also, like the number one feedback that I ended up giving at Protospiel was the fact that you should work as much on your demo as you do on the game itself because a bad demo could kill a good game. Mm-hmm. You probably can't do a good demo with a bad game. Okay, gamers are good at spotting phonies, but you should really make sure that you're stepping up and creating a fun experience so that people will be honest with you, be open with you, and also uh, people who are happy and laughing are generally smarter. Yeah, more of their neurons are firing. We're screwed, and so <laughs> grumpy, grumpy. Uh, yeah, so uh, do I have to that's provide also, intelligent feedback for that Chipotle? Or no, 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 okay. no, no. You can just be Canadian. That's it's like oh, you get all the checks boxes right after that. Jordan. It's, <laughs> that totally works for me. So I feel uh, so objectified. They, you, you should. All right, so uh, so Protospiel that was the thing that I would recommend for people. If you're thinking of of writing games, a game isn't something like like a book or a piece of music as much. A game is 
people are living much more in. You know, it's not just inside one person's head and their own t- interpretation. They're interacting with it. And because that's the case, you need to give people more opportunity to, to, to do that and have you be able to take notes. So, um, every opportunity to play test at the very least, Protospiel is another opportunity to play test. Another, uh, up from that, you can get help on setting up play testing or ideas for play testing and ideas for demoing. Uh, so I, it was it was cool to have you at Protospiel. Oh, I, I love your lies. <laughs> I do lie well, and of course, I you know I had a great time meeting all of the people that attended for the first time, and of course, you and I got to spend a fair amount of time together talking about various things and bouncing ideas, and and you had questions about different things. So it was oh, Jeff has was, saved me. <laughs> oh my god, through this whole kickstarting process, <laughs> Jeff has saved me. I, I, I mean, I had a meltdown about a lot of different things. And of course, um, we're getting into that awkward part of the Kickstarter where things aren't the first two days where you're like, why doesn't everybody do this? Is that everybody just sign up? Oh my God, here. Oh, now it's slowed down. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. No, that's it, it was, it was a lot of fun. So I, I'm happy that you had a good first experience with Protospiel and, and oh, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't easy first experience, but it was totally <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So, all right. So this is the point where I say, you know what? It's uh, probably a good time for us to start talking specifically a little bit more about end of the line. Okay. What do you want to know? How about you give the elevator pitch for end of the line? End of the line is post-apocalyptic family survival. Okay. To give you a proper mental image of it, picture the Brady Bunch and then drop them into Thunderdome. (laughs) You know, who's the the crowd going to pick to die? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> uh, I also like to call it post-apocalyptic Oregon Trail. I mean, people are really excited when somebody else's families die of dysentery, you know, and that, that pain can be Well, shared. I mean, when is that not fun? <laughs> yes, seriously. Oh, my God. Yeah, so uh, in, in a nutshell, it is a light resource management worker placement game um with sort of rambunctious things that end up happening it's sort of a take that uh, game but it's really hard to target people so it's a more of a group suffering out survival kind of game the grenade is just as good as the sniper rifle <laughs> <laughs> yeah but in an elevator is it <laughs> <laughs> so in the game itself you've got uh four- perspective and location. <laughs> yeah, perspective and location absolutely Yay. so you got four resources in the game you got food water fuel and ammo and you're placing your dad mom boy a girl and dog in the various lines to try to get have them come back to your shelter with stuff yeah it usually plays about 50 to 70 minutes and Generally, you get through the whole deck, and everybody gets to to be the first player slash mayor once, and uh, yeah, and it, um, one out of three games, pretty much everybody dies. <laughs> it's a game where one of you can lo- win, but all of you can lose, <laughs> but not in a cooperative way. <laughs> not not in not in that happy go lucky. We're all getting along, trying to accomplish the same thing. Unless the same thing is, I'm killing the other guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, you're trying to out-survive people. If, if murdering the other people is your survival strategy, how you're going to out-survive them, that's the thing. But I've had people, you know, duck and cover through this game. I mean, that's a <laughs> very different way to play, where they're like, I am, number one, not going to make any enemies. 
by playing hostile cards. And number two, I I'm, don't understand that. That makes no sense. <laughs> no, it's true. He said words. What? But <laughs> you can play that way. It is versatile enough that you can play that way. Yeah, I I play for mass maximum lethality myself, but you guys got to see that <laughs> demonstration. Oh yeah. yeah. You had six people, did you? No, they're all dead. Yeah, they're all dead. <laughs> we will be uh doing a review of End of the Line very shortly. So you will be able to see our opinions, but just spoilers. We really did enjoy this game. This was a, a great game for us to get to play. I was fortunate enough to play it once at Protospiel, and that's where Seppi and I kind of had the conversation about him coming down and, and us getting to introduce it to Jordan. And what did you think, sir? I really liked it. This is a really solid game. There is definitely a, a strong flavor of take that, as you say, but I saw enough of the other cards where I could see where a, a more defensive strategy would, uh, would be viable. But just in general, uh, solid mechanics, great theme and, uh, purple, purple. <laughs> and, and yeah, purple. I took it as a compliment. Jordan, like, got his, uh, handful of cards for the next turn that he bought and he just started laughing wildly <laughs> and looking at Jeff. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and welcome to our normal game table. Yeah, it was so good. It was so good. Um, it's, it, uh, we, what we like about it is we try to create games where everybody celebrates what happened in the narrative. You know, you don't have to have a take that game where it's just enjoying the pain of your enemies. And uh, now no, he's saying words that don't make sense. Yes, again, again it's <laughs> like, so uh, for the game, we're super excited the Kickstarter launch. Our, our, you know, I think we're like five days in now. Um, we're just a little under half. We've got a lot of excited stretch goals. We hope people like uh, start to pitch in. And, and one of the reasons why, that why I'm here in Great Austin, Minnesota, is uh, because again words. <laughs> we live here, and I don't understand those words. <laughs> I, I Austin in Minnesota. But, I, I got that part. Yeah, uh, gamers, as you know, are very tribal. <laughs> and understanding sort of like the ins and outs of the individual tribes and which tribes get along and, you know, and the customs and so forth and whatnot uh, of people. Are you doing Jets and Sharks? Yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. Jets and Sharks. Uh, you're a jet. You're a jet for life. Yeah, it's true. You're a jet for life. <laughs> exactly. And so, um, you know, uh, but gamers as a whole are sort of a very genuine, awesome group and, and super approachable. And you just have to find your way into their normal pattern of behavior for their tribe. They will accept you. They will interact with you. They will troll you for being dumb. But uh, as a whole, I mean, I, I'm crazy about gamers. And so coming down here, talking about the Kickstarter, I get to interact with a whole new group of people. <laughs> no, I don't know if that was a good thing or not. <laughs> now, would you say actually anywhere? In the <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> honesty okay yeah, yeah. yeah. brutal all right so you said you already told us that you've been working on end of the line for for quite a long it's time. five years yeah, yeah it's a long time so what was the inspiration for this game well uh i love dystopian movies i love post-apocalyptic movies all that stuff is in there but i don't know if you've ever experienced this but individuals in your life also have different kinds of karma that seem to like tackle them like i have really good parking karma 
usually, <laughs> knock on wood, you know, where other people like are looking for a space back. I always drive up to the front and say it's going to work out. And, it, you know, it usually does. So that's that's good. OK. And my husband has terrible line karma. If he is at the grocery store or the bank store, he will go and there might be like one person ahead of him in this line and there might be 16 other people in the line next to it. But if he gets in that line, that's it. Something's ha- happening. I mean, that, that would be me. Yeah. I, and, I have that same damn karma. Can't apply for a mortgage at the ATM. That's that's right. <laughs> oh, I need this money mark, uh, management account. Yeah, let's do it. In this no, it's, it's horrible. So I did not believe him that it existed. But then after three years of always <laughs> like letting him pick and then, and then another year where I picked and this phenomenon suddenly disappeared, I'm like, it's just you. It, it's it's just you and so i we thought, can never go shopping together again yeah i know it's i know i will just always pick and i'm like whenever he picks a line I'm like why did you pick that line and so that became a little mini game between he, he and i and i was like huh maybe i could write a game that puts these two th- great things the end of the world and how shitty my husband's luck is together <laughs> and then i can make other people suffer through it and 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 act on these feelings that I have whenever I'm stuck in line with him. You see, yes. this is my relationship. This is my relationship. <laughs> Everything comes back to Tony. Yeah, I, I got a, no food, and I was last in line. It's I have a no a whole new appreciation for this game. <laughs> yeah, that, it, it, it's it's like my version of playing like Sims now. It's like I'm, I'm you know, it's one of those things. Like, why would you ever play the game that you work after coming home from work? I'm playing my my fate in line. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're like, I spent all this time, I spent all this pain, and I got nothing. Yeah, don't be last in line. Don't be last in line. <laughs> Closed. Nice. Does that actually answer your question? Yes. Okay. Want to know where the game came from? Yeah, that's sort of where it did. <laughs> That's there was certain. a question and there was an answer. There it was. They I don't think, appeared I think this, to be related. I think this is the first time somebody has asked me this in a long time. I mean, I think a play tester <laughs> asked this like three years ago. I think that's the last time somebody's asked me where the hell Breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah. I think one of my partners, Ryan, he was alluding to this. He's like, I think people are going to want to talk about the inspiration of the game. I'm like, does it matter? It just exists. Now it's out there. One of the reasons like I like to sometimes ask that question is from a design perspective, you know, it, it's funny where sometimes you get your inspiration from. Right. Um, and I think, I don't know if, I know I told a couple people at Protospiel, and might have, you, you might have been on one of the conversations, but especially after Protospiel, we talked about the design high that you get for like two weeks. Oh, so yeah. so us coming out of a Protospiel, coming back from one, we stopped at like a steak and shake. And while we were ordering, we made a worker placement out of ordering Sundays <laughs> out of a steak or out of ordering shakes out of steak and shake, you know, just all these things. So it's, it's kind of funny where you start looking at different things sometimes and going, I can make that a game. No, you know, I, I can totally there make that a game. actually is another game about waiting in line. There's a Pol- a game that was produced by this Polish museum about waiting in line during Cold War. And that that game actually came out after our original attempts to get it published, but 
Uh, yeah, sometimes people go, hey, have you ever played this game? Nothing says good family fun like the bread lines. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like called Cloyoya or something like that. I, I always get the pronunciation wrong, but you can look it up on IDAB or Google. Well, like, and, and loosely, Polish standing in line, yeah. Cold War game. Yeah, it's it's a thing. And loosely, there's you know there's get bit. Right. Whoever's in the back of the line gets eaten by and the shark. Gil- then guillotine. <laughs> yeah. And guillotine. Yep. Guillotine. Yeah. There's some other sort of... Well, uh, guillotine's about being first in line, right? Yeah. You try not to be first in line. Right. You but know. yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can see a little bit of that in right. this game, too. These multi-lines of this managing this family. I mean, I did tongue-in-cheek call, uh, in the early stages call this sort of like the road, the board game. But the people like <laughs> wouldn't make eye contact with me. They're like, you're a horrible person. <laughs> don't, don't say that. <laughs> right. So I think you kind of already answered this, but... Just to maybe, I said a lot of words. I know that your eyes have glazed over it. multiple times. <laughs> I'm taking that as a success. I know you've kind of answered this a little bit, but just to maybe expand upon it, you know, again, usually, especially for a first time publisher designer going to Kickstarter, we talked about how a lot of times you start with a smaller game. Yep, this is obviously not a smaller game, no, not a not. smaller funding level. So. And the part I know you you kind of touched on was that you had some feedback to go with this game, but was that really the final decision on how this was going to be your first game on Kickstarter? Yeah, I like to tell people this a lot because you know if they're gonna get to know me, they need to know this. I'm a person who's filled with terrible ideas, so I was. Well, you came to Austin, Minnesota. Yeah, I did. I came to Austin, Minnesota. <laughs> You're on all us geeks. I, I decided to uh, quit my career to to publish games i i joined the navy i mean these are all terrible things in the navy. <laughs> it's true and i was living that song i was living it uh so based on like you know we had a like loyal local fan base and all these conventions they were very sort of very positive and i'm like well do we want this other thing these other things i mean people like squirrel or die i mean super fun it's going to be the the second best seven minutes of your day generally <laughs> i mean seriously <laughs> seven um, i'm just gonna say that's impressive yeah seven yeah, okay yeah. Se- seven second best i don't, don't want to overshoot but you know that's that's very disposable uh we did think of making a sort of a cheaper sort of more mass-produced version of that game which people you know could have gotten hold of that might have made more sense we still probably will end up doing that but the entire reason that we were going to publish the other games in the first place was to get to this game mm-hmm. and we were just like hey well, this is our chance so see, yeah, it. but that that's the interesting thing to me because that would be, you know, again the normal path that a lot of people would take, and that's and that's what we tried to take. It. Right, I want I want to uh, <laughs> reinforce that we tried to take it, and you know that's usually like when I'm doing consulting, that's usually what I go with as well. Is when I'm talking to somebody like here's the you know here's the game I want, and it's you know it's going to cost me you know thousands of dollars to produce. It's like. Do you have anything smaller that we can start with to get to your eventual right. love game? You know, the the your baby. You know, right. we, we all have our the game that's our baby that you know, and it's grandiose and it's a you know, it's it's an in depth game, a bigger game. But to be able to start on that smaller path, sometimes you know that that's the normal stepping stone these days. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, screw it, going all in. <laughs> well, you got to build your build your fan base. I mean, I try to get to as many conventions as I could, right. interact with as many people as as I I could. And you know, we'll continue to do that. If our community wasn't as excited about it or 
we hadn't interacted with as many people or hadn't played tennis as much, we probably would uh, go back to the plan. But I mean, yeah, that when when your group says, "Hey, do this," and we expected it to might be sort of half or maybe a little in one direction, but when they say it's, we have to listen to that to our fans. It's well, the community. Yeah. You make games <laughs> as part of a community. You don't make, and games it's clearly isolated. working for you. I mean, it, it, it's definitely working for you. And and the other thing. I always tell, especially like clients I'm working with is if you're, you know, here's what I'll tell, here's what I'll tell you, you should maybe do. If something along the lines, they kind of go, Jeff, I really feel adamant about not doing it that way, but I want to try this. Then that's when I go, okay, you know, I, I don't, I don't hammer on somebody and go, no, you have to do this. This, I, it's a rigid process. Mm -hmm. I usually flip my mind and go, okay, let's figure out how to make that work. And here are the roadblocks I thought might happen. Let's work on how we mitigate those. And, yep. and what I tell a lot of people is, you know, yes, there are some standard things that you should do in Kickstarter or, or there's a decent framework, especially for sometimes your first time. But without people trying things, I mean, there wouldn't be anything like stretch goals. There wouldn't be anything, you know, there, there wouldn't yep. be all these things that didn't exist in Kickstarter quite a while ago until the first person said, you know what, I'm going to try this. Whether it works or not, we'll see. Yep, kind of thing. So every once in a while, it's not a bad thing to step outside of that comfort zone. And what you've done again is you didn't start with a small. You you tried to. You said you were going to go that route, but for your first Kickstarter is a a bigger game, but it's a passion game. It's a game that you have you know a community that's passionate about that you guys are passionate about, and you've able you've been able to kind of make that work. Right. So. There, I, you know, again, it's would it be the route like if you came to me straight up that I would say try this? No, no. But if you came and said, no, I'm really passionate about. It. I think we can make this work. And I, I had heard the community building you had done. I'd say, okay, let's try to figure this out because that's the piece I think a lot of people, especially when we're trying to tell them don't start that way, that they're still missing. Like a lot of a lot of times when I get hired for anything, it's because of the marketing piece. It hasn't right. been done. Right. And that is something you're very familiar with. Yep. So you didn't have that issue kind of coming in with this. No. It's uh you you build a smaller game to build your community. Okay. Right. For us, it was, hey, I'm I made Squirrel or Die so I can go to these conventions and if they like the second best seven minutes of their day, then they'll try the the game that's fifty to seventy minutes. You're like, oh, you did this. This was really clever. I had a really good time with this. You also give a decent enough demo that I don't want to throw rotten food at you. <laughs> That's the standard that I I I, I it's a good myself. standard. Yeah, it's true. Unless you're hungry, uh, you know, <laughs> I try not to eat. Uh, the and that for me then got them to a place that they tried the game. And like I said, we would not attempt this if the feedback we weren't getting when we went to the conventions are. This is great. Can I buy it now? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you want to buy my game? Don't you understand? I have low self-esteem. I do not know what to do with compliments <laughs> because that's entirely true. Why'd you point at me when he was talking about low self-esteem? Well, I mean, that should be obvious, but. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> true. What? True. No. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask you. So your project is live. It's up there. Yeah. Please help out. Please, please, please. What are your days like right now? Oh, that's, it's hell. I, I, I went to Protospiel and Jeff should have warned me. You're like, this is the last time I'm going to see you smile. 
<laughs> yeah, that's, you know, you're going to have a lot more gray hair. No bullshit. I, I think last night was the first night I had slept in like four days just because of worry and the fact that it's always there. You know, could I have done this more? Can I do the, you know, what can I do? Uh, I mean, I, you know, personally reaching out to every person who's interacted with the game takes some time too. And that's what you have to do to engage your folks. And you don't want to do it in an annoying way, but you, I mean, you got to ask, you got to put yourself out there and you're like, Hey, you know, I know the most precious thing on the planet is time, but would you take this time to help me out? And you're and they're like, yes or no. Zeppi, go, go away. I, you smell funny. <laughs> well, and again, when I mean, we had that conversation a little bit earlier, I think even this evening, but Kickstarter is one of those things. It's, it will take every minute you give it. And if it can, it'll steal some minutes from you along the way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, no. it, you got it. You got to kind of measure out your time and, and draw some lines. Like you talked about finally, finally taking a night off to get some sleep. Right. Right. No, I'm, I'm super glad I, I came down here too. like just breaking, getting me away from the computer. So I'm not staring at the number that is not moving. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, God. <laughs> the day slow down is just killing me. The, 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 you know, the, nope, the, hasn't got up. No, it hasn't got up for the last you know forty five minutes. Oh God, oh God, it hasn't got up for the last forty. What does that mean, Jeff? What does that mean? It means it's Friday night. Relax. Yeah, it means it's Friday night. It's, it, relax. That's exactly. Yeah. Um. So that's the thing. What else? I, I would say you're sort of mentally preparing yourself for. Uh, the actual like ride, I was not fully prepared. I was not uh, fully, fully <laughs> prepared. Our communication plan is, is good. We're, we, there's constant like interesting things to learn more about the game and to try, try to share it with your friends. So we got that nailed down. Obviously, we come down here to talk to you guys. Um, we're going to be on D6 generation that, which is, which is great for the leap year episode. I mean, we had a funny hook. I don't know if you guys know this, but um, Donald Trump is running for president. I heard something about that. Yeah. And so we decided to launch our game that's about the end of the world on President's Day so people get used to it. <laughs> so that helped there people go. remember going, what the hell? Why Why can't I go to the post office? Oh, it's President's Day. Oh, my God. I need to back that jerk's game. That's, <laughs> that's the mental nice. math. One of the questions that I always like to try to make sure we get in is... Let's say somebody has listened to this interview, then they go out and they check out the Kickstarter. Please. And they go, yeah, I can maybe see this being something I'm interested in, but they're kind of on the fence. So what are a couple things that you would tell somebody? So they go, you know what, Seppi, you're absolutely right. I have to back end of the line right now. Number one, uh, it's a really good way to passively, aggressively tell people how you feel about them. <laughs> this <No>. is true. <laughs> Um, the, the, or uh, aggressively. I was very aggressive about it's not, it. It's not just end of the line. The expansions are coming. So you can have a six player. Um, the, the first expansion is called the inevitable machine revolt. And since we've had five years to work on this game, guess what? This expansion has been, uh, you know, uh, play tested through not nearly as many times as the main game, but it, it's, it's ready to go too. Uh, and we're, we're, you know, recruiting for that kind of stuff so there's a lot more in this game than you at the surface um the the next two expansions that are planned are uh, when monsters rule the earth and aliens are jerks and so each one is sort of a standalone different thing and different way to play the game anything that you want to add about uh why should people should check out this game purple <laughs> that is always a selling point 
<laughs> nice. What I usually like to do. Oh, get that screen off. Now I can't stop <laughs> but, but oh, staring at it. End of the line is on Kickstarter right now. It goes until March 16th, 2016. That's in the morning uh, for Central Time, by the way. So uh, make sure you visit it by March 15th to be safe. Yeah, it's March 15th. <laughs> right there, March 16th. Oh, God. <laughs> no. So make sure you visit it by March 15th, 2016. They're looking for $21,000. They are currently at a little over $10,000, so they're well on their way. It is a great game that, again, we will be putting out a review for very soon here, but definitely go check it out and back it if it looks like something that you're interested in. Uh, Seppi, thanks a lot for joining us this evening. Oh, my God. Thank you. And thanks, Megan, for the, all the pizza invention <laughs> prizes. That was <laughs> I was so excited. You kept on telling me I need to get out more. And I'm like, obviously, I need to stay in more if these kind of things are getting delivered to me. <laughs> and um, if people want to follow along with what you guys are doing, uh, where are you guys on the interwebs? Um, Facebook is a great way to keep up and uh, interact with us. We do do Twitter as well. Twitter is a little sort of more like, hey, bleh, we did this. Bleh. Yeah, but... Um, and then you can come to our site too. Um, you can get all our emails. It's over the line. We have a YouTube channel too. Any of those things will work. So there you go, everybody. Again, end of the line is on Kickstarter right now until March 15th, just to be safe. Thank you. 2016. Yep. Go check it out and back it. And of course, we will be back in the very near future with more interviews. So thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find The Game Huntress. Wherever there's XP or achievements, The Game Huntress blog will always be on the hunt. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.